Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and this, well, this is Drinking with the Gnome. I'm going to be very honest with you. I've been working on this episode for a very long time. In fact, the interview that you're about to hear, I recorded in the fall, and I'm currently sitting here uh, as spring approaches. That's how long I've been trying to get this done for you. Uh, make sure that you are following over on YouTube at The Gnarly Gnome, uh, because I'm going to put the video from this up on there too, because this is way too good not to. I got a chance to sit down with Sam Calgioni of Dogfish Head uh, at Sam Adams uh, back in the fall, while they were talking about some of the sustainability things that they're doing with beer there, which is really, really cool stuff and deserves a much bigger conversation. But all of this is really timely with stuff that's happening here in Cincinnati. We're, we're coming off of a year where Madtree got B Corp certified, which is a huge deal. And that's coming off of a year where the Alcove down in OTR got Lead Gold certified, which is also a big deal. There's a lot of things happening in our face here in Cincinnati with breweries trying to uh, look kind of behind the surface into kind of these bigger picture things that really drive who they are as a company. That stuff has always been going on in craft beer. Uh, Cincinnati uh, is just still young with their craft beer scene, and it's kind of hard to see uh, some of those bigger picture things, which is why this conversation with Sam was so cool, because Dogfish Head has been around for forever as a craft beer drinker, um, and, and they've always been trying to push the boundaries of what it means to be a company and what it means to be a brewery in the United States. Uh, so let's jump into it. Sam, this hey, is Jeff. this is cool. Like, uh, so uh, as a craft beer drinker, obviously, uh, Dogfish Head was a big part of the experience of growing up with craft beer. Uh, to put it into perspective a little bit, I grew up. Um, I think I turned twenty-one in two thousand. Probably five, two thousand six. And were you living here in yeah, Ohio, here, here in Cincinnati? So is that before the pop the cap movement it was here? Right there, yeah. where it started I knew it was around there. So like I've always had craft beer. Like I never had to, uh, I never had to experience that that idea of um, craft beer being something that you had to discover. It was just always there. You know, yeah. Mount Carmel. I don't know how familiar you are with the, the, the beer scene around here, but yeah. Mount Carmel was always there. Yeah. So we always had. That's where Chris got started was Mount Carmel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Um, so, Dogfish had always played a big part in, in my craft beer journey. Thank you. But what Dogfish Head is, like where its place is in craft beer, has shifted dramatically over and over and over again. And I just kind of a little bit, you know, if you can talk about that a little bit, you know, the, the idea of extreme beer, obviously, was a big part of the early days of, of, of Dogfish and Sam Adams. Versus now you've got things like the sustainability, which uh, if you don't know about what I'm talking about, go to the blog and there's going to be a whole post about that. Nice. Too, but, uh, uh, talk about kind of that journey from yeah. what craft beer was to, to things like this and how that happened. Yeah. So, you know, we as a brand, Dogfish, have always wanted to pioneer and take risks. And there's there's different routes to being a successful, you know, company and and one of them is to be a fast follower and be really good at spotting a trend that's taking off and being like, oh, here's how I can take what those folks are doing, add to it, and do it better than them. And that's a valid direction to go as a brand or a company. But the other model is to be a pioneer and do something that hasn't done before in a small space. And it might implode, it might suck, no right. one might give a shit, and, uh, and it goes out of business. 
or it doesn't work and you try something different. So there's more risk with that model, but I also think there's more reward because uh, if you're doing something in a space and then other people come into that space and you were the leader in that space, uh, it kind of shines, shines a halo on, on what you've done. And I want to start by saying there are some spaces that Dogfish Head's been very proud to be a pioneer in mm -hmm. Imperial IPAs, 90 minutes since 1999, sure. Fruited Sours, I believe Sequential is still the best selling Fruited Sour in America. But to be honest, there's a lot of companies and a lot of industries that have been better and bigger and more focused on than us on sustainability. I give shouts to a company like Patagonia, where it's been central to their founder's mission. Right. Uh, you know, since the early days of the North North Face, I put up there too. But for us, when we were tiny as dogfish, we were still sourcing like local and organic ingredients. But to your point, in the era when dogfish really started to grow, our message was more about, hey, let's try to make beers that have never been grown before, made before with exotic ingredients or higher ABV. It wasn't so much the sustainability. Was there, was there an awareness at that time that, okay, like this is this is cool ingredients and it's local and it's, it's fun to be able to source these from people that are close by. Was there an awareness that it's also the sustainability side of it was a real thing? Yeah. Or like it? Kind, of, kind of like the beer movement in that era, it was really like niche and cuspy. Right. I remember there was a magazine back in the era of print magazines and print journalism. They'll come back. <laughs> like vinyl, it'll be back. There was a magazine called The Utney Reader that was like, I don't know if it still exists, but it was a super cool niche publication about sustainability and uh, organic movement, etc. And I remember buying that and having my mind blown. Like when Dodge started, all of our shirts were uh, organic cotton and yeah. hemp and stuff. And in the 90s, paying twice as much for a shirt was right. unheard of. So we always cared, but honestly, we, to our own, you know, demise, or our own, like, challenge, we, we didn't, like, focus on that as much as, frankly, we probably should have. And only once we had financial strength behind us, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, we're like, all right, let's start sourcing not just exotic flavored ingredients from around the world, right. but let's care more about how those were harvested in the right. lands that they were harvested on. And my wife, Mariah, deserves a lot of credit on that part of our journey. Uh, she leads our Beer and Benevolence program, which is our engagement with our community. Right. Our biggest nonprofit partner is the Nature Conservancy that protects the land on which our ingredients grow. And right. Dogfish has given over a million dollars so far to the Nature Conservancy. That's It's so cool. <laughs> You, you talked about the difficulty when you were small. Yes. Uh, how how do you, how is a small brewery today, which most of them are, most of the breweries are these tiny breweries that, depending on who you ask, are just struggling to figure out how to make it work day to day. Okay. Um, how are they supposed to focus on something that's bigger than just surviving and, yeah. and, and focus on sustainability and, yeah. and things like that? And there's a little going here called, is it Mad Tree? Uh, yeah. 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 Mad, it, is that how you say it? Yeah, Madry. And, and they are, uh, in, in our world, not one of the small guys. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's all relative. Well, I mean, I, 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 know, I know that brand. I hear that come up as, as a, a, a company that really cares about yeah. opportunities to engage in sustainability. And my hat's off to them to, to doing that because, you know, of the 10,000 breweries in, Amer in America, it's still a minority fraction yeah. that... I think focuses on that maybe every every day and puts their money where their mouth is. Right. And of this city, there's always 
seems to me as I travel the country and do my job, there's always one or two in every big town that you're like, okay, that is part of their mission. Yeah. I'm not throwing shade on those that are not. Maybe they're more about fruited sours or well, live music or whatever, but like, it's, it warms my heart when I see the ones like Mad Tree focus on sustainability. We, and we do have a place. It's called High Grain here in town. Really tiny kind of brew pub model. Uh, distribute a little bit just locally here, um, and that's their whole their whole motto is the sustainability. I don't know what it is, sustainable culture or something or else. There's some kind of fun tag yeah, they built. And so that's their thing. And yeah. they, they, they're building this business around that instead of just trying to figure out how to make it work around their And you said they're doing some distribution. Is it draft just a tiny only bit. No or cans, can, yeah, cans yeah. too? I, everybody does cans now too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Bottles will come back. Nah. There, no, there is a brewery that just opened that that is the said we're not going to do cans. We're just going to do bottles because we miss them. <laughs> we miss them and we want to drink out of them. Yeah. Well, props to Mean Beer Company up in Maine because similarly... Yeah, they, that was, that's who they kind of cited. Like when you, when you walk into the store now and you walk down the aisle, what stands out is, you know, like stuff like Maine. It still yeah. sits on the shelf. You say, oh, what is that? Oh, it's lunch. You know, I got yeah. to snag that because it's different. Yeah. It's, it stands out. It's, yeah. uh, uh, and I think that a big part, for some places, the reason they kind of go into sustainability as one of their kind of core culture things is because it is something to, to stand out with. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. If you are a small brewer and you want to circle your wagons around that as a way to be different, great. Like, it still is doing good. Yeah. <laughs> just find a way to uh, to do something bigger than just just making beer. Yeah, and Chris, who leads the brewing program here at Sam Adams Taproom, and since he's a great example of that, like, he's been curious about what ingredients, A, make a better tasting beer, but B, have sustainable enhancement characters characteristics to them. Uh, so... Uh, my hat's off to, to, to Chris, uh, too, to be one of the leaders on the, uh, in this movement. Yeah, he's He's been killing it here. Let's let's talk about beer, specifically. Yeah, uh, we have you, two of Chris's yeah, beers in front of us. You own the tractor beer, is that right? Yes. And I've got the unmalted lager. Yep. Uh, talk about kind of the, the journey from yep. tractor beer to unmalted yeah, lager. Yeah, I won't, I won't do as much uh, justice as if you come and visit and talk to Chris about them. But uh, you can notice that tractor beer's got a little bit more color to it. Uh, than our unmalted lager. We're, we're doing some things with the hop front here. These are both lagers. Uh, in terms of drought-resistant hop varieties, they're also good for the environment. But mostly this journey is about the, the grain part of the journey. Right. And so with tractor beer, it was the first uh, baby step into saying, what can we do? Uh, Chris saying, what can we do with unmalted lot, uh, grains? Right. So for those of you that are just getting into beer, uh, grains grow and they might be used for chicken feed or whatever and maybe not malted, but brewing needs another step. It goes to a malting house, it gets cooked. Uh, that, that, that makes it brewer's grain and usually because that provides an enzyme environment. Right. Whereas what we're doing with these beers, Chris is doing is buying unmalted barley uh, but then adding a natural enzyme right. to turn starches into sugars. And so it's saving a step, which means less um, time on the road for the grain, less carbon uh, for heating uh, the malting process. But it also has a, a beautiful kind of peppery, dry character. That's what I think is it, especially on the tractor beer. I can I can, I can, can get a lot of that character of, the, I'm assuming, the unmalted barley. Yeah, biscuity, where, yeah, dry, it, peppery. It's a, it's a unique taste. Yeah. This is... Um, the difference between the two beers, this is 
almost, almost using the unmalted barley as an adjunct to a beer. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of figuring out what can you do how, with how, this thing as, as got, this. How, can yeah. we get to the moon yeah. with unmalted barley? We're maybe, getting to the moon. Maybe extreme them. beer still exists. It yeah. just looks a little different. <laughs> That's a good sense. Maybe extreme beer still <laughs> exists. I mean, it just, just looks a little different. It, it's been focused in different directions. Maybe extreme beer exists. It's just more clear now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, I appreciate taking a few minutes to uh, sit with me and talk. Yeah. Uh, well, I know from Chris, yeah. you're one of the great yeah. Ohio craft beer evangelists. Well, thank so. you. Thank you. It's, thank you for uh, spreading the word. It's easy to be passionate in a city like Cincinnati. There's some good things happening. In, there might uh, be some beer history yeah, in this there town. There might be a little bit. Right? <laughs> Even on this block. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, well, cheers. <laughs> well, cheers. Thank, thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's not every day that you get the chance to sit down with a legend like Sam Calgioni, so uh, thanks to Sam for sitting down with me over a beer, and a huge thanks to Sam Adams for making that connection happen and giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, also, huge thanks to Sam Adams for uh, kind of pushing forward in this the sustainability culture that they are and making beers that are not only uh, delicious, but that kind of uh, play to this bigger picture that I think that we sometimes, as craft beer drinkers, uh, forget about or don't don't see through the uh, um, through the noise that's happening around us. It's it's really great to get excited about delicious beer and about uh, fun new tap rooms or uh, new brew pubs or this. There's a lot of cool stuff happening, but behind all of that, there is still this other side to a company. And when you look at the efforts that places like Boston Beer uh, or like um, High Grain or Mad Tree or these places that have made their impact on the world around them uh, part of their actual like their, their soul of of the brewery, um, it's uh, it's exciting. And so hopefully what I want you to walk away from this episode with is maybe just a little bit of an appreciation for that. And maybe a desire uh, the next time you're sitting down at a tap room to kind of look at it from a bird's eye view and look at who they are and how they're trying to affect the community around them. And that doesn't have to be through sustainability like the places that we've talked about are. Uh, There's lots of different ways that places can impact their community and lots of different ways that different breweries are trying to do that and trying to leave their mark on the world around them. Uh, It's it's something different than what you see from a lot of other industries and something that uh, I really appreciate about this one. So um, I hope you walk away with a little bit of that feeling too. And uh, if not, uh, at least you get to walk away with a good beer in your hand, right? That's... At the end of the day, uh, we still have good beer. <laughs> so even if you aren't getting the same thing out of this stuff that I am, uh, hopefully you're at least enjoying the drink in your hand. Uh, and spe- speaking of drinking, uh, we'll be back again to do more episodes where we just talk about drinking culture in the city uh, or in the bigger world around us. And uh, and, and we'll do it with a, with a drink in our hands. So uh, stay tuned. We've got more fun stuff coming on Drinking with the Gnome uh, or if you like this show, or if you stumbled upon the show and decided that this is something that you like, I do another show also. It's called Cincy Brewcast, where we talk to the owners, the brewers, and the drinkers of Cincinnati craft beer about what makes Cincinnati one of the best, if not the best, drinking cities uh, in the country. Uh, and craft beer is a huge part of that. So uh, look up Cincy Brewcast, uh, or if you want to know anything about drinking in Cincinnati, go to thegnarlygnome.com. Uh, if you like this show, if you like anything that I do, 
you can go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support and you can uh, uh, you can become a gnomey and and get things uh, what those things are is always changing because life is busy sometimes and uh, i'm always trying to figure out how to make all of this uh, make sense <laughs> so you'll 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 understand once you uh once you're on board for a little bit thank you guys i appreciate you um go pour yourself a drink you deserve it uh, we'll be back drinking with the gnome